Are you a CrossFit coach or maybe a box owner looking to learn more about nutrition? You want to help support the athletes that come to your box, maybe have some one-on-one clients. And we all know nutrition is the foundation. We all talk about the theoretical hierarchy of the development of an athlete. And nutrition is at the base. It's like building a house. You can't build the attic first. You can't worry about performance and sport without working on the foundation. And that's what nutrition is. So maybe you're a coach, maybe you're a box owner, maybe you're just an athlete looking to potentially earn a little more income, develop a new income stream as a nutrition coach. Well, you could check out the Own Your Eating Certificate course. We review fundamental nutrition principles, as well as teaching you how to implement flexible eating, that's macro counting, and assist others with their tracking of macros. The cool thing about it is you're going to learn so much for yourself. Even if you didn't want to coach anyone else, but you simply wanted to learn more about tracking macros, you will get so much out of this course. It'll be the last thing you ever have to read, study, purchase, because you're going to get so much information. As well as sharing nutrition experience with you, Own Your Eating will also teach you how to coach others so that you can really make a difference with the people in your community and your lives. Maybe you need to finally get your mom to track macros. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe you you put on the quarantine 15 and you're looking to just lose a few LBs, a few pounds yourself. This will teach you all of that. And the cool thing about macros, the cool thing about the way in which we at On Your Eating teach you is it's really sustainable. The business setup and marketing strategies are also included. So if you do really want to make this a side deal or a side hustle, You'll, you'll have all the tools you'll ever need to do. And in addition to that, if you're a level three CrossFit coach, you can earn CEUs to help you revalidate. And we also give CEUs for NASM as well as AFA. So you can check that out. For me, every few years, I need to re-up my L4, you know, no big deal, L4 coach, but this will help you do it. So If you're interested in learning more about the Own Your Eating Certificate course, you can go to courses.ownyoureating.com. Or if you just go to ownyoureating.com, right up in the header there, it says become a coach. You can click on that. And with the code BESTHOUR, that's B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, BESTHOUR, you'll get 15% off. Go check it out now. I was the one, along with Roz, who helped put this all together. So... I really understand that if you have questions for me about it, of course, you can reach out, but I really believe in it. I've put hundreds of people through this course. It's the way I learned how to track macros. It's the way I've been tracking macros for over five years, and I think you will absolutely love it. So go check it out again, courses.ownyoureating.com, and use that code BESTHOUR for 15% off. All right, Jay, today we're talking about chapter nine, keep the customer happy. Seems like it'd be something that's very simple to do, but it's actually a little more complex and something that maybe all box owners and business owners can get really invested in what we think is right versus what the customer maybe actually wants. And in this chapter, you talked about a story where you were very adamant about the gym doing a 5k mm-hmm. and the wheels kind of fell off it was a beautiful day you know you thought people would come and no one came for class essentially the entire day can you talk a little bit more about that experience and 
how it changed things going forward for you? Well, first of all, keeping the customer happy or keep the customer satisfied is, you know, an age old adage. And obviously if you're in a small business or in any business, you want to keep your members or customers happy. You want them coming back. Yeah. Now with that being, you care yeah, you, yeah, you genuinely want them to be happy. I mean, the book is best hour of their day. You don't encourage the best hour of someone's day if they're not happy, right? Like there's very few places you show up. You're like, I hate this place, but it's the best hour of my day. Um, yeah. But, you know, what I would throw in there is you can't make everybody happy and you shouldn't try to make everybody happy. You need to, you know, make yourself happy first and do what you believe is right. And in this scenario, yes, I was trying to do what I thought was right. You know, if you go back on CrossFit.com, the most commonly programmed workout over the years is that 5K run. And it's because of the, you know, metabolic pathways and, and what it lends itself to, right? The all of these great adaptations you're getting from it. Now, bear in mind, I hate it. I avoid it as well. So, but that doesn't mean my members shouldn't do it. And I remember this day very, you know, some of the memories in the book come back to me like with so vivid, like I was still there. And some, you know, things that you bring up, like I've talked about, it's kind of like there's a, you know, like your, your brain is like a storage cabinet and you're making me pull out these folders that are dusty and, but when I open them, I'm like, oh yeah, that memory is in there somewhere. So if if you've ever lived in, you know, upstate New York or the capital region, man, those first sunny spring days are amazing. You know, you've been through the gloom of winter. It's gray, it's dark for like what feels like nine months, and you got, you know, the Beatles, here comes the sun kind of playing in the background. It's just a beautiful day. And I was like, wow, it's gonna be beautiful. We're programming in advance. Let's do a 5K tomorrow. I thought everybody would love it. And no one showed up. That was, that, that, that's how it all began. So like what, what went through your mind initially when no one showed up? Or were you thinking, oh, maybe if it was like an accident in town, traffic's locked down, or the website's not working, no one can schedule? Like what, what did you think? When did you catch you know, on that it was the 5K? I, I don't think I remembered or I don't remember thinking of that like right away, this is weird. You know, the 3.30 class in the afternoon, it was very rare at this point for any class to have zero participants, zero members showing up, but it wasn't like a complete shock. It's like, okay, you know, and sometimes that would happen. And you'd be like, cool, let's work out or let's get some work done up at the office. So I probably went back upstairs, you know, after waiting around and, and then, okay, I'll go back down at 4.30. You're like, wait in a the, second. In the old nook? The old coaches. <laughs> I think this is when we had the office up in the nursery up there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Is that table still there? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, no, wait, wait, do you mean the office table? Yes. The, the big kitchen table thing? No, no, that's gone. Oh, that was a great table. Kevin Houston found that. Yeah, I, I think so, you took it. I think you took it when you left. No, I definitely didn't take that wooden picnic table. I don't have room for it. I was moving to, no, I don't, I don't have that table. Uh, anyway, so you know you go upstairs I as the camera down. pans over while you're walking through your apartment i'm like wait a minute <laughs> you do have that table i love that table you know what you guys have to envision is like a really upscale like picnic table is how i would put it you know with with chairs on it but like a nice wooden table it had some like slate tile in it but you couldn't write on it because the wood was grainy 
and it would like go through the paper when you tried to just use it and write on it. So great for computer work and, and sitting around, not great for actually writing with a pen and paper. But anyway, so, you know, the, the second class comes around, the third class comes around and you're like, something's going on. And it was probably around the second or third class where I was like, F these people. Like, like that's all I used to get. Like, they don't think, like, they think they know what's right. Who are these people? Like, I know what's right. And um, it was probably a discussion between... <laughs> What's that? It was, oh, no, it, it, yeah, just keep going. It was probably a discussion between Caleb or Kevin or you even, where we we're like, let's do it again tomorrow. And that's what we did. And it wasn't uncommon for us to do movements, you know, a couple, t- couple days in a row. You know, we had plenty of workouts where burpees might come up two days in a row or a certain barbell movement or a different gymnastics movement. But this one in particular struck a chord with the membership. And for a second day in a row, people didn't come in the class. And then you got the emails starting to come in. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, I used to, and I still say about CrossFit, it's like, hey, sometimes variance is doing the same thing two days in a row. Like, we lose sight of that. We think variance has to be, everything is so different from workout to workout. And it's like, I, I remember hearing, I believe it was Pat Sherwood, the, the story is, Hey, Michael Phelps, the, you know, probably known as the world's best swimmer of all time, shows up to swim practice on Monday and somewhere on the whiteboard, the coach writes down, hey, we're swimming today, you know, whatever that is. Then he shows back up on Tuesday and he notices on the same whiteboard, it says swimming again. And he's like, coach, we swam yesterday. What's the deal? So that, you know, there are definitely days where, yeah, do burpees two days in a row, maybe even snatch two days in a row. I mean, the CrossFit Open comes around, people hit the same workout four days in a row sometimes. So it's not unheard of. It's a, it's a little rare at the box level to see a 5K come up back-to-back days like that. So I think it was pretty apparent to the members what I was doing. But yeah, the, the second day comes around, the emails start flooding in. Let me, let me throw in one other time we did this. Tell me if you remember. There was a period of time where we we listed the scaling options on the board. So I forget the names we use. I believe it was like Bulldog, Infidel. Mutant. And I forget, what's that? Well, I think one was Mutant. Mutant, yeah, right? So it went from like, you know, we tried to make it so no, uh, none of them sounded like, you know, scaled. None of them sounded like you're not good. But what it would be is, and then this workout in particular, is like say the workout was Isabel. 30 snatches, 135, 95. We listed all right, we might have had mutant actually go heavier. Maybe the RX level was, you know, 135, 95. And then your scaling options were 95, 65, or 65, 45. And we did this for a short period of time. We programmed Isabel, and some of the members lost their minds again because they're like, well, I can move 80, but you're telling me I have to use 75. Like, that's a big deal. You know, it's like if you're scaling to 75, who cares, right? Just go a little bit faster. This But at the same time, I will say like on my end, like who cares? Let the people use 80 pounds if it makes them happy. But similar scenario, we did that workout on a Monday. I remember, Uh, you know who really lost their mind? Do Donna and Katie still go there? Uh, Donna still comes in, yeah. Donna um, and her daughter Katie, she brought in a couple other, but I remember they were so mad at me about this. 
And then we did the same exact workout the very next Monday with the same scaling options. And I was like, hey, go to a higher scaling option then. You know, and again, I don't think this is right or wrong. I think there's some some advantages to doing that. But again, the point is if your customers are not happy, like this 5K, you're going to hear about it. So they start bitching and moaning. And, and, you know, like we've talked about in past chapters, I'm like, hey, go somewhere else. It's the beauty of the United States of America, right? You can go join another gym down the road. And that's what they did. So that, uh, many of them did that. And it wasn't until you sat down with Laura that, and I'm assuming is this Laura Garrison? Yes, it was Laura Garrison. All right. You took Laura out for some coffee and she explained to you, hey, sometimes you just have to make us happy, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I chose Laura for a very specific reason at the time. You know, I, I haven't talked to her in a little while, but she's someone I would still consider a friend. She's probably mid 60s at this point i don't want to come she still comes in yeah and i mean her i had known her for quite some time before crossfit as well and i and i trusted her and always knew she would shoot it straight with me and and prior to crossfit laura and her husband ed who has passed away we used to play handball together at the core club and i have some great memories with them as well as some of the other you know older gentleman that I would play handball with, which is a phenomenal sport, by the way. Um, so I take Laura out. I take Laura out to probably the Starbucks on Wolf Road. And yeah, she's just, you know, shoots it straight. Like, hey, Jay, we get it. Like, you know better, but make us happy. Like, we don't want to run a 5K. And who the hell cares that we don't want to run a 5K? You know, it's kind of like, it, you know, in, this, in the same conversation, it was, I, I'm not you know, we don't want to leave you. We love this thing called CrossFit. You know, maybe at the time there was a couple others in the capital region. We don't want to go there. We've been coming here for five years now, but you got to be a little more, you know, nice and friendly to us. I wonder how many meetings you've had at that Starbucks (laughs) over the years. It's probably a lot of them. Way too many, you know, but, (laughs) and, and, and that's something I would tell a lot of the business owners and box owners to do. Like, Oftentimes we, we only think about all the people we're losing and I got to figure out why they're leaving and I got to talk to them. I would say, Hey, you know, and you know, I don't want to give a spoiler alert. Maybe this is something we'll do for the challenge, but take out your best members. You know, I I forget the expression. I think it's like your, your pumpkin patch or your best members and take them out for coffee or, or Chipotle or whatever you, you fancy and, and figure out why they stay. You know, it's important to find out why people leave, but also equally important, if not more important, is find out what you're doing right. There are so many things you do right in this world, and there's that expression of consciously uh, competent and then unconsciously competent, meaning, hey, I don't know the things that I do right, but it's important that you do because you want to make sure you keep, hey, you want to eliminate the things you're doing wrong, like programming 5Ks on back-to-back days, but you also want to do the things that you do well. And, and that's important. You hear those from your best members. Now, would you also do the opposite and take out maybe some of the quote unquote bad members? And is there such a thing? If everyone's a, you know, a, a customer and they're all there to see you and they're all paying you, is there such a thing as a bad member? Maybe you could think of some things that would make someone such a person. And then would you take those people out? Oh yeah, there's bad members. Don't get don't get it wrong. There's definitely bad members. I think 
you probably have a handful at the gym that you can think of off the top of your head that pay the bills every month, right? They, their membership goes through on time, but they complain. They plant these seeds of doubt among, hey, why are we following this programming? Or I don't like this coach. Or why don't we have this time on the schedule, right? So just because someone pays, you know, 150 a month on time doesn't mean they're a good member. And you have to probably put your, your thoughts and ego aside and say, hey, let me take you out and, and let's talk about what we're not getting along about. Because they can be a bad member, but a good person, right? That doesn't mean they're, yeah. they're a terrible person. And, and sometimes they just want to have their voice heard. Yeah, I would say as a box owner, if I were to own a box again, I would probably, not probably, I would definitely put in my calendar one day a week and I would block off an hour. And every week I would take a different member out to, to Starbucks. So hit, hit the good and the bad. And, yeah, and, I would, and I would find that balance. And I would ask my coaches, hey, James, you know, who do you recommend I taking out this week? Or, or reach out to the morning mayhem class that you don't see very often and take out you know, Maggie or you know, Bill or, or whoever's in that class that you don't get to see very often. And your members feel special. Um, you, you learn a lot. You get some new insight. You know, oh, you know, you take out the morning class. And you're like, by the way, uh, Brett shows up five minutes late every day. Well, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, because you, you know, you didn't ask us. Those types of things come up. And that's that's important information to learn because eventually, one of those people might leave because of it. Yeah, but you got to stay ahead of it. Now, to go back to your issue with the five K here, before Laura set you straight and opened your eyes onto sometimes you just got to keep us happy. Uh, you made a reference in the book on page 79 where you're, you're very upset. You're very heated. You know, these people are dumb. They don't understand the importance of what we're doing. You know, the oxidative system, all that stuff. And it's probably not that they're dumb. It's just as a coach at the time, you hadn't shown them the value. And I know after this particular incident, we've done five K's, we've done 10 K's and sure there's always like, there's always going to be grumblings. But when we do Fran or we do just a heavy day, there's grumblings on that too. And people still show up. So we've never had a complete washout on the schedule since then. Uh, Can you speak more on maybe it would have gone better had you shown leading up to that workout the value of what you're doing? And maybe you hyped it up a little bit more? Yeah, I think, you know, it would have been hard to do on the day of because I probably would have tried to do that at the whiteboard brief, but no one would have been there to hear it. But I probably could have done things like, hey, on the on the WAD page on the website, here's why this is important. Maybe I could have also done some scaling options, like maybe you don't want to run a 5K, but let's get you out there for a mile and a half. Let's get you out there for a mile. You could do a 5K row. I mean, obviously the goal is, to hit the intended stimulus, which was a 5K run, but I could have put some things out there. I probably could have found some great posts or videos of some games athletes at the time talking about a 5K or doing one, or you know, if there was, you know, maybe the, and I could have taken um, a workout from 2009 games where they ran in the mountains and talked about why it's important. So yeah, it's in retrospect, the members were dumb. I was not educating them. Yeah, so they. You care about it. You're passionate about it, but they don't know. They don't have any skin in the game. They don't have to know why it's going to make them better. Which yeah, you- and then, oh, and then after, the, after the fact, rather than 
putting that 5K up on day two, that could have been what, you know, we've talked about, I would put videos up or one of those live streams. Hey guys, I was really disappointed today that no one showed up. Here's why I did this. You know, we're not going to do it again tomorrow, but next time it comes up in a month or two months, I'd love to see more of you show up. Yeah. And, and since then we had done 10 Ks, 15 Ks. And, you know, the, the, the common comment that we would get on those is, well, I could just do this at home. And my response would typically be, and, and other coaches like, like yourselves, like, yeah, but, but will you, you know, it's totally different when you're in the group and you get warmed up and we would at the time emphasize like, Hey, we're going to teach you running technique. We're going to teach you form. So you're safer and more efficient out there and maybe set a new PR time. And where, where I'm going with this is um, there's going to be some people that are going to want to do it. And then there's always going to be those people who don't want to push themselves that far outside of their comfort zone. So how do you have a balance where there are going to be people in your gym that will show up and do that workout and they're fine. They're happy with it. And they want to push themselves versus those people that are just always going to be angry about it. So you just, should you just never program this? No, you have to program the workouts that you think are actually going to chase fitness. I mean, that's why we have a CrossFit. That's why you're a coach. So just because people don't like it, I mean, you nailed it. it you know, there's plenty of CrossFit workouts you can do at home, but will you? Probably not. And even if you do manage to do them, you're almost guaranteed not to push as hard. I mean, 5K run, for example, that last 400 meter stretch, when you see someone 20 feet ahead of you, you're going to chase after them. Or maybe you're the one in the lead and you hear those footsteps coming, you're going to pick it up. And for me, that's why I go to a box to this day, because I very rarely have the motivation to get started and to, to push myself outside of that comfort zone. So no, as a box owner and coach, you have to do that. That's what we're doing for the community, but we just have to educate a little bit better. We just have to explain to them why. And I think part of this goes back to maybe we've educated too much. I mean, in the CrossFit world, we've, we've really promoted the buy-in is because these are short, fast workouts that hurt and I'm done and I'm fitter. I don't have to do these hour long sessions anymore. I don't have to do cardio anymore, but now you're telling me I have to do cardio again. What gives? Yeah. So it's like, first you tell me one thing and now you're telling me, it's like, then they start to maybe lose some of that trust. Yeah. And, and, and I think really it comes down to, you have to make it a little more fun. You know, maybe the 5k turns into a partner 5k, maybe it turns into an interval 5k, maybe it, you know, you need to be out there on a bike. We used to do that when people did start showing up, we'd be on our bicycles or we'd be out there just cheering people on at different stations. You, you know, you can't use a 5K as an excuse to not coach today either. Yeah, I, I think it, you're, you're doing it wrong if they come in, you do a quick little warm-up, and then you send them out, but you don't, you don't take any time to go over running form. You know, I, I would let people know in advance, like, hey, this workout, this is probably going to be longer than the hour as well. Like, this is going to be possibly longer than the hour, especially if we're doing a 10K or 15K. Well, 10K for sure. I think... You know, if I were to timeline out a 5K run at, you know, five minutes at the beginning for your whiteboard brief, a few specific drills, I'd probably have them do some 100 meters or 200 meter warm up laps and, you know, try to start the 5K by about 25 to 30 into class. So that way you have time to maybe stretch out or roll their calves at the end. But yeah, you're right. It still might be 
might be tight if you want to really run it well. But yeah. definitely and, in 10K. And there's going to be going some people there. who, you know, they're like, hey, I want to do the whole thing. And this is going to be, you know, a 35-minute, 40-minute trek for them. You know, even if you tell them, hey, you should scale this. When they're out in the world, you know, unless you're going to go out there in your car and say, hey, get in, <laughs> you know, they're, pro they're probably going to maybe want to push it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a 5K is a really great day to do that, to have almost everyone, you know, click that RX button because they're probably not going to destroy themselves. You know, they're, those that are struggling to finish the 5K are probably walking a little bit. So it's not as if they're really, you know, they're not going to get rhabdo from running a 5K most yeah. likely. But, you know, what I would also do is have, you know, for, for example, at Albany CrossFit, the 5K was, you know, basically leave the box and we had a very specific turnaround, you know, about a mile and a half out there. And maybe along the way, you know, so at Albany CrossFit, you can stop at that first turn and know that it's a mile. You can go to the second turn and know that it's a two mile run. So you have these options of where they can turn around and maybe, you know, and this is where it comes back to like you asked, like, what could you have done? Hey guys, you know, when you get to this specific stop, you need to be at 10 minutes or less. If you're not, I want you to turn around. You know, you can have all of these different things going on. And, and of course, if you're on a bike, seeing people, seeing how they're doing, you, you're encouraging them to still push themselves hard, but not necessarily do the entire 5K. Yeah. And we would give, and we still do, we'll give people stopwatches. So our gym has plenty of those. So we're like, hey, this is your equipment for the day if you want to take one. Most people these days, though, have the the watches, you know, the Apple watches and stuff like that. So they just do it all on their own. Uh, I'll drive my Jeep out. I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to be at the Stewart's and I got your water bottle, you know? So when you go past me, you get, you get a drink of water and then I'll meet you at the next one. So it's like, you got to be out there with them. It's not just an excuse to stay in the gym and, you know, be on your phone. You know, and, and in retrospect, Hey, maybe that was my mistake. Maybe in the past we had done five K days and not coached enough. So people realized you know, this is just a day they want to, you know, chill out. They don't want to work hard. And, you know, it, it is a great, if you want to coach less, a 5k back in the day was the way to do it. But now there's no excuse. No matter what you have on that whiteboard, you need to be coaching. Definitely. You need to set them up for success. And then after that, s celebrate the heck out of the, the accomplishment. You know, there, we've had so many people, you know, we, when we program a 10k, and people come in, they're like, I, I'm here. I don't know what I'm walking into. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe you do a 5K today. Maybe you test your mile time. And then if you're feeling good, we rest a little bit, we do another mile because we have those alternate routes. And yeah, well, when everyone comes in, those are PRs. You celebrate them, you post about them on the website the same way you would uh, a big lift. Yeah, we, we never know what you know someone's going through or what they've done. Like them showing up for the 5K that day or a 10K could be the biggest physical challenge they've ever had in their entire lives, yeah. you know, or since high school or since they've stopped competing in their, you know, college sport. So that can be really a, a big motivating factor for them. It could be a, a, a really big step for them. So we have to acknowledge that. And, and then that's one a great thing about the bigger distances too. Like when we did the 15 K, you know, if, if we program a 5 K, the person who's never done a 5 K before or is afraid to do one, they don't feel like they're ready, they may scale that down to on a rower or just do like two miles or something. But when we did the 10K, those same people, now they're running the 5K that they would have scaled before. And they've yeah. never done it, they've never done it before in their lives. 
And you need to, like you just said, you need to hone in on those lifetime achievements. And, and, and why it's so great to come in on a day like today. Two ways that I would really promote that would be one, I would probably be at the finish line and I'd probably have my you know iPhone or camera at the time out getting everyone crossing that finish line because they seeing you is going to make them pick up that pace, right? Sprint it through. And then as soon as they cross that finish line and I got them on video, I'd be like, cool, get back out there and go bring somebody else home. And I think, you know, you now you're taking this terrible workout and turning it into a community builder. You've got a clip that you can, you know, edit it down. So you just see everyone crossing the line for the, for the final time. And, and you've really done something special. Now, next time you program a 5k, you've built this kind of fun aura around it and people want to be there. Yeah. It should be a party just like anything else. You know, a bench press day is a party. 5k day can also be a party, a, a and, big and event I, at the gym. And, and those are the days where I remember your, your members just stick around. They yeah. just hang out. They like won't leave that day. Maybe they want to, you know, goof around with the next class and tell them how bad the 5k is, or maybe they're excited to, you know, help cheer them on, but they realize how important it is as well. And I think those types of workouts lend themselves to people just hanging at the box, stretching a little bit. Cause you can be like, Hey, grab a foam roller, give them a stretching and foam rolling protocol. So their legs aren't completely devastated tomorrow and, and, you know, really use it as an opportunity to build up the community. Yeah. And it's, it's a great opportunity as well to show them how much you care like when you're out there on, on your bike with them, or in, in my case, I would just drive Fred's Jeep out. So it's like, I would tell people at the whiteboard, Hey, all right, I'll meet you at these checkpoints. And they don't, they don't believe you at first, especially the ones who haven't done it before. Then all of a sudden you manifest there at the stop sign, you have their water bottle, the whole thing. And then you just keep popping up along the way to offer words of encouragement and to check in with people. Hey, how, how are you doing? You know, like, how was that last leg up the hill? And then maybe give them some advice. Well, hey, when I was driving by, I saw you kind of slouching a little bit. There's, they can still get coaching all through the course on a 5K like that. Yeah, and if you're not doing it, you're not, you're not, you're not coaching well enough. Yeah, and I suppose the, the last thing you could do if you had a group of unsure people, you could maybe set your fire breathers out on the course on their own and be like, all right, guys, you guys are with me, and then jog it with them. I think, uh, I think if, if you're going to be at the gym anyways, not doing anything, this would be the one time where I see where it might be acceptable to almost quote unquote work out with your class or just be that pace setter. Like, Hey, I'm going to jog right behind you, or I'm going to jog with you guys. And I'm going to, I'm going to set the pace. And now you're with the coach the whole time. I agree with that. I think this is a great opportunity, especially I'm not a fast enough runner to be able to like go up to the front, come to the back, go up to the front again. But if yeah. you are that runner, do that. And if you're not, yeah. Like go along <clears throat> with the slowest group at the back, even if it means you're walking a little bit, but keep them encouraged. And then, you know, to throw on to that, you know, you talk about just how you can run this class effectively. Maybe you set out those slow people 10, 15 minutes in advance, and then you unleash your fire breathers and you're like, go get them. Yeah. Right. So now they, way. you know, now they have a, a goal to attain by catching up. And those people in the front are like, you could tell them like, you got some zombies coming after you. You got to stay ahead of the zombies or whatever you want to refer to it as, you know, make it fun. Don't make it, don't make them feel bad if they do get caught, but let them know like your only goal 
You got a 15-minute advantage on these killer zombies. Don't <laughs> let them catch you. And don't be the slave. All you got to do is be faster than one person. Yeah. No, I think that's, see, that's a great way. You can, you can say that in advance. You can, I think, I think to, to recap, you know, you need to give people a little bit advance warning on, hey, this is coming up. This is why we're doing it ultimately. You can get a little science if you want, just whatever you do there. But then also show that it's going to be more than just them going out on the road by themselves. Because yes, they could do that on their own. They, they probably won't, but yeah, they could do that on their own. But if you're going to be there with them, if you're going to be waiting at checkpoints with them, if you're going to do the zombie thing, if you're going to teach running technique, tell them all that in advance and show that it's going to be way more than what they expect. And, and film as much of it as you can. That way you can you have a documented proof. So each time that workout's coming up, you're like, hey, guys, remember this? Oh, yeah, I remember that fun day. If all else fails, windows open, last eye of the tiger as you're driving <laughs> yeah. past the members and it will it'll at least give them a good chuckle a little bit of a laugh so yeah like like anything i mean really this lesson comes back to you know do things for the right reasons try to empathize with people try not to get in your own way thinking you know best all the time and ultimately just listen to your to your members or or whatever the struggle is i mean we've we've had the same struggle in in, in life right be it with your your wife, a friend, your boss, where you're just not seeing eye to eye, rarely is the the best option to just go, you know, attack, you know, like a bulldog head down and thinking what you're doing is right. You know, typically the best option is, hey, let's let's just talk about it. What's going on? How can we make this better? Well, and you know, you, you make a great point. I I imagine most box owners and some coaches are operating most of the time with their head down. You know, they're, they're in the weeds, they're, they're grinding, they're, they're just trying to get it done. Many might be trying just to survive day to day. Either they're working another full-time job and this is part-time or they're all in on the business, but they're not taking that time to do things that we've discussed in other chapter, like put themselves first, setting rules. And now here they are getting maybe too defensive and too combative when a member has an issue. Yeah, it's it's hard. Like we've talked about so many times, we take this very, very personally, and it's hard not to. But yeah, I think I think the best bet is just to really just try to listen to everybody. You know, I, I don't know how to express it any better than that. It's just listen and understand. Yeah, and that's part of the homework for this week or for this chapter is to take your members out. Well, yeah, if you're a box owner, my homework to you is take one member out. You don't have to commit to weekly. Like I said, take one member out and just talk to them. If you're, if you're a coach, you can do the same. And if you're just someone that stumbled upon this book and you, you know, you, you probably know of CrossFit, I would say, why don't you try to just t meet a friend, meet a family member, meet someone, you know, bonus points. If it's someone you're not getting along with or, or, or in a, a battle with, but just listen and talk, try to put your phone down for 30 minutes and just talk and find out about them. And, and, and I think it'll help give you insight into who that person is and probably change your relationship going forward. Yeah, could be a coworker. Maybe it's, maybe it's your boss. You flip the tables a little bit. Yeah, flip the script. You know, topsy-turvy that. And uh, take, your, <laughs> take your boss out. Whatever it takes, 30 minutes, an hour, grab a coffee. You're going to get one anyway at 2 o'clock. And just uh, have a conversation. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Jay. 
think that's any any closing thoughts on uh, chapter nine here? The no, customer, no, keep the customer happy. Nothing we haven't talked about already. It's just you know, at the end of the day, you got to make your members happy and 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 just do what's right by them. And you know, I I highly recommend people still programming a five k, just not on back to back days. Yeah, that's good advice. Thanks again for listening to that special episode of Best Hour of Their Day. If you enjoyed, go ahead and download the book. You can check out the audio book. You can check out the paperback or even the ebook. We placed the link right in the show description. So once again, thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day.